I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. Come inside the Flaming Yoni. And get turned on and juicy with us. Hi, honey. Hi. How you doing? Oh, wow. How doing? That's how you usually ask me how I'm doing. How doing? How doing, honey? How doing? That's our little thing. Um, I'm great. I'm great. I'm really excited to be here um, introing this episode because I actually haven't heard it yet. And we'll get into why <laughs> in a little bit here. But how are you doing, love? Oh, you know, it is. I'm good. It's we were just talking a little bit about how this time of year, you know, leading into the holidays, we know that it is a complicated time of year for a lot of people. It is, you know, by and large, we all are like, ah, oh, the holidays, and it's also all exciting and fun and all of that goodness. And it is, right? Wonderful time of year to connect with family and with friends and spend that time. But it can also be a time of year that's a little bluesy, a little melancholy for some folks. And as you and I know, we kind of acknowledged when we dropped episode two just a few days ago, because we're recording this right in the aftermath of that, that we both have had just tremendous amounts of change in our lives this year. And so I'm cognizant right now of the fact that the holidays this year do feel a little different. They feel a little Very harder. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's what I would say is that I'm I'm doing well. And I also am ready to see what shifts and changes occur in the closing out of this year and starting a new one. I'm not one who usually gets overly um, caught up in the calendar year because I think there's a lot more to our life cycle than that, that 12 month calendar. But this year, (laughs) this year, I'm pretty ready to see. We're ready to kiss 2022 goodbye and send her on her way (laughs) into oblivion. We are okay with that. Thank her for the blessings and the lessons and, (laughs) and see you never. (laughs) See you never again. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Right. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned that episode two uh, just dropped because we have received the most incredible messages Mm. of affirmation and support from our friends, from some folks who follow us, who we don't, you know, know at that intimate level, but who have seen our journey. And that really was an episode for folks who uh, had known different content and messages that we had put out there and for them to connect in with us and see us in all of our vulnerability and yet I just oh I'm just so grateful thank you so much if you did reach out and um you know you may be listening to this and and you don't have a way to reach out with us or you haven't connected with us before and I just wanted to say drop it in a review like that's always a great way to give us some feedback and tell us how you're enjoying your time here in the universe uh but really my week was very challenging. Uh, And every time I looked at my phone and saw that someone was reaching out, it just, it was a lifeline for me. So thank you. Thank you. You know who you are. I completely agree. We got some beautiful affirmations. A lot of sisters reached out to us. A lot of sisters in this community reached out with lots of love, words of support. And also a lot of men reached out. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to 
you know, this show is definitely very femme-centric. We're not apologizing for that. But again, I know we've talked about this before. We love we love our brothers in this community just as much. And yes. when you're reaching out with your words of support, it is just also very affirming of the work that we're doing, the conversations we're having. And so, yeah, we, we just thank you all. Like, like you said, Scarlett, you know who you are and we mm. thank you. And now to shift to something a little bit more upbeat, probably <laughs> this episode, I have been waiting and waiting to release for months. You guys, um, this is actually an episode that I recorded when the show was still sexual alchemy. And I thought I was just on a brief little hiatus and I had no idea of the beautiful changes that we were going to be welcoming in. And this woman caught my attention after speaking with a gentleman named Courtney Brame, who does work with Something Positive for Positive People, an organization that focuses a lot on STID stigmatization. That's a and, tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one. Courtney is the one who actually introduced me to her. So this conversation takes place with Dr. Evelyn Dacker. And when we got on the call, there was just such an incredible amount of synergy between us because we realized that we both also have traversed some of the sacred sexuality communities together. Um, some of the sexual shamanism courses that I have done, she has also done. And we both really had such a fun conversation knowing that we had some similar frames of reference. And I really loved the conversation that we had because she has developed a talk that you should all be having with your sex partners, that we should all be having with our sex partners. Because if we can't have, quote unquote, the talk, we shouldn't be doing the things. <laughs> and her talk is called STARS. And she'll get into more about what the acronym stands for. But it is just a really great way to set the stage and create space that is safe and kind of mutual. And I really respect the work that she's doing in this space. So she not only is a physician, but she also does a lot of sex education. And she also is working to destigmatize a lot around sexual health and STIs and all of that goodness. And so she couldn't be a more perfect guest for us to have here in the Yoniverse. We just didn't yes. know that this was the Yoniverse when we were having the conversation. I am so excited to listen to this episode and, you know, the work that Dr. Evelyn Dacker is doing is so crucial. Sex education never ends. Like we never arrive no. and say, oh, I, I have all the education I need for my shifting, growing, changing sexual being. No, never going to be the case. And so I really also uh, have connected with, uh, Dr. Evelyn Dacker on Instagram. And I can just imagine the potent conversations that you and her had. You will not hear me on this episode. So I'll be listening with all of you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know that you're going to enjoy it. So thank you so much for joining us again in the universe and may your holidays be warm. Yes. May you get an, get an orgasm or two in, right? 
when you're stressed, like just take that moment with yourself. That's, I, I can't recommend it enough. And we are almost to the point of saying the universe is coming into 2023. And I'm really excited for that moment. Yeah, we have so much goodness planned for this show in 2023 and beyond. And we just can't thank you enough for welcoming us back with open arms and maybe open legs. Some of you, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there some of them. Oh, yeah. But if, but if it is with open legs, we will be having the stars conversation. We'll be having the stars conversation prior to, and it'll make everything easy and demystified. So listen exactly. up. Well, good morning, Eveline. Thank you so much for being with me here today. It's so good to see you and chat with you. I know we just connected. I think it was literally just last weekend, but the conversation just flowed so easily. I was like, we got to capture this. We got we to gotta get back online together. Yes, thank you. Thank you and uh, for welcoming me here to your beautiful uh, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Sexual Alchemy welcomes you. Very happy to have you. And, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, folks, um, this is Dr. Eveline Dacker, and she has been a medical physician for years and years, and she can tell us a lot about that. But she also, um, more in recent years and times, has had some specializations around destigmatization around STIs, sexual health, sexual well-being. And we actually discovered some commonalities within our discoveries and um, our forays into the sacred sexuality realm as well. So Evelyn, you have a wealth of of stuff that you bring to the table yeah, that we can dig into today. I'm so excited. Yeah, I like I like how, you know, the idea of sexual health um, is really important because I've just recently been looking a lot at people who are doing like sexuality medicine mm -hmm. and recognizing how that doesn't really align with what the kind of sexual health that I'm doing, you know, they package tell me, it. They tell package me about it in, sexuality medicine. Tell me what that means. Well, a lot of times that means like, what can we use to make your sex life better? Take these mm. pills, do these mm. lasers. Let me inject you with this with this thing and we're going to change your body so that you will enjoy it rather than really working from within, which is where our sexuality lives. It's part of our, it's part of our soul and our spirit and mm -hmm. our, and ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we start putting, monetizing it and making it into a capital venture, which I find so many physicians and wellness professionals do. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 you know, part of me is like, er, that's not what I do. Because people think like, <laughs> oh, you specialize in sexuality. So what do you think about this laser or this device? And I'm like, yeah. no, that's not where I'm coming from. Yeah, I'm you coming know? from an internal place of wholeness right. and wellness and yeah, right. from and, our souls. Yes. And, you know, you can't, you can't really be well until you are integrated into your body. And that mm -hmm. integration often means like healing trauma and you're not yes. going to heal trauma with a device or with an injection or, a pill, or with the pill. Or, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not the way it works. So no, absolutely. Now is this for you? And I think I have a, a small understanding of this based on our conversation last week, but is this always the place that you've operated from kind of within your medical practice or, or tell us a little bit about how, how you kind of have gotten into more of the sexual health and wholeness 
you know, kind of perspective in, in more recent years? Yeah. Well, I have always been interested in the integration of medicine with more natural approaches. Mm. Uh, in my 20s, I actually worked with the shaman for a little bit. This is way before shamanism was popular. Like This sure. was in the 1980s. <laughs> and I was always interested in kind of like my logo, my, my, my tagline used to be Western medicine with an open mind. So from the time I graduated, and I I actually went into family medicine on purpose, I I was very interested in women's health care, and thought I wanted to be an OBGYN, but then realized that that was a surgical subspecialty. And that I would only be working with one type of person only for a select period, like when they were either pregnant and having babies or having any problems in their pelvic organs. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to like deal with the whole person throughout their life. Mm-hmm. So I specifically chose to go into family medicine for that reason. Um, but I wanted to really like it always looking to expand and broaden my toolbox of like, how can I serve people the best? Mm-hmm. So I spent 20 some years much more studying like natural, natural medicine, uh, alternative practices, herbs, supplements, diet, all of that. And in 2015, I was just finishing up my certification in functional medicine, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like naturopathy for for medical doctors, or let's what is the root of disease? What is the Mm -hmm. root of dysfunction? Mm -hmm. And I found it incredibly interesting. But I remember being at like the big conference and looking at all the books that were they were selling, you know, at the conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you realize, oh, my God, here's a book on diet. Here's a book on sleep. Here's a book on nutrition. Here's a book on your gut. Here's a book on this. And there was not one book on sexuality. Mm-hmm. There was not one book on pleasure. It was all about the things that you had to do differently and the things you had to add or the things you had to take away. But right. there was not one thing about pleasure. Yeah, And I remember being so like, oh my God, I, I ran up to like the head of the organization who at that time was Mark Hyman, who is a pretty well-known functional medicine doctor. And I just like went up to him and, say, and said, where are you, where are you talking about pleasure and sexuality? Like what's going yeah. on here? And he's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to get my friend Esther Perel to come talk. And I'm like, no, you're going to get me someday. <laughs> <laughs> and have you spoken at it? No, 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 no. I will. <laughs> That's still it's on coming. my mind. It's you know, coming. But that, but that started. That opened up this idea of that. I nobody in medicine is talking about pleasure, and this was in right. 2015. And sexuality, right? At that time, I too was going through my own um, kind of sexual metamorphosis. Mm. You know, self discovery. I was mm. in my mid 40s. And that feels familiar. <laughs> yeah, I was in my mid 40s. And I, I would recognize like, wow, you know, in your mid in your 40s, like your kids are at that most people, their kids are at that age where they don't need it as much. Mm-hmm. And your your kind your hormones are shifting. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I have menopause ahead of me and I'm going to lose my sexuality. And if I don't get my shit together now, what's going to happen? Like, mm-hmm. where is it going to lead me? And what? What is it that I want? What is it that I don't want? I don't understand sex at all. We're not taught about it. Like help. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I started looking for places to teach me about sexuality. And the place I found was an adult, 
an adult store, like a sex Mm. store that was run by women and they had classes and they had classes on like, how do you do this? But how do you give a good blowjob? How do you do cunnilingus? But they also had classes on like different relationships and how to have boundaries. I mean, they had all Mm. these classes that I just started going to. Awesome. And at one of these classes, I learned about the safer sex elevator speech, which Mm. was like 19 things you need to talk about to your partner (laughs) in three minutes on the elevator as you're going up to hook up. And I, I like quickly wrote them all down. Um, and then try, decided, okay, I have to teach all my patients this because it's a brilliant idea. Uh, but, you know, trying to teach people all these different various aspects in three minutes is hard. Right, right. Um, and I'll, I'll get back to this again because this is where I started my, my stars, yeah. which is the yeah. safer sex talk that nobody is having, but everybody should. Should, um, uh-huh. But through this, through this time in 2016, you know, 17, 18, I became involved with an organization in Portland called Sex Positive Portland. Mm-hmm. And through Sex Positive Portland, I um, learned a lot more about boundaries, about consent. And they asked me to speak at this STI information gathering because I'm a medical doctor. So I decided, okay, I'll speak at this. I'll talk about STIs and the one I'll talk about herpes, you know, because herpes is very challenging to talk about. And I just developed a passion for herpes because it really is the metaphor for our internalized sex negativity. I mean, all STIs are, but herpes yeah. in particular. In particular. Yeah, because, you know, HIV could, but it's we see it as more like for people with penises who have sex with each other, like, you know, that's in that category or, you know, so it's not us. Uh, syphilis. Well, it's, not as, it's not as prevalent as, as, as herpes. Exactly. But but it's the one STI that's the most talked about. That, yeah. Like they both carry the quote unquote life sentence. Right. So I started really working a lot with people with herpes and teaching about herpes and teaching about STIs and recognize, again, like for me, STIs are our metaphor for our internalized shame Mm -hmm. over pleasure and the way that we don't allow ourselves to accept what our body and the gift from the sacred and divine has given us. Mm -hmm. We have this beautiful ability within our own selves to connect to another human or to connect to ourselves Ourselves. in this deep pleasure-based fashion that doesn't have necessarily anything to do with orgasm or with, you know, function or Mm -hmm. with dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And if we can start speaking about this beyond the constraints of our culture, we're all going to be healthier. Absolutely. There's no short-term fix. There's no short-term fix. Mm -hmm. I was passing this um, women's clinic that I pass on my way to work every day. And they have this big sign that says, Oh shot, P shot done here. And I was like, what is that? So I looked it up and it's like, 
what the it's plasma rich protein which so they take your blood and they spin it down and then they put it back into you when they put it back into you like a pea shot they put it in your penis or near your penis or you know and the o shot i guess they put it near your g spot and it's supposed to like make you it causes an inflammatory response which i guess then supposed to make an improvement in your function but really it costs like a thousand dollars to do it wow. so like so I'm just like, this is so wrong. Yeah. It's so wrong because really the most beautiful O shot or P shot that we could do <laughs> right. is into our hearts and into our souls oh, and yes. into like that deep place that holds our shame and stigma about yeah. the fact that we are sexual beings. Right. I think that's so beautiful. And what you just said too, in terms of there is no quick fix, you know, I mean, and that goes with anything. Mm -hmm. It's not just with regard to our sexuality, but absolutely, but also the trauma, you know, and if we do have bodily issues that need to be dealt with, with medicine, that is not a problem, but our sexuality is not, is not necessarily one of those things, the vast majority in the vast majority of circumstances, you know, and I think that it is just something as a society that we have really started to look for the, I mean, it's not new in this particular society, the quick fix, the thing that's going to make it all better. But what you just said is so beautiful. It's that shot to your heart Mm -hmm. and that activation from within that will start a new conversation for yourself that is not just about the best orgasm of your life or just about, you know, how you can be the most, you know, prolific performer mm-hmm. in the bedroom. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I love that this is an approach that hit you. So have you incorporated all of this now into your medical practice? Is that kind of where you've gone or are you still more traditional medicine based? You know, honestly, I'm still more traditional medicine based, but yes, I incorporated into my practice. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's a combination, just like all the things I've ever done, like all the holistic medicine I've done. I'm not, I've never gone into that realm of, I am a specialized like boutique practice. You could only come to me if you have money. I practice primary care insurance based in a smaller, you know, uh, capital city in Oregon. Mm -hmm. That's pretty conservative. Um, Because I want to make my ideas accessible to as many people as possible. Uh, That that being said, you know, and because I don't monetize it, because I Mm -hmm. don't market myself as some kind of like, oh, my gosh, I'm this come see me and I will fix you because I can't fix you. I can't fix anybody. I need you to, you, I could help support you fixing you. Yeah. Uh, You know, we're our greatest healers and I will support you in that. And I'm not going to say that there isn't a place for intervention, medical intervention. Sure, Of course there is, you know, of course, but it's not just, you're not going to come to, sure, like if you're having aging issues with your erection and what you need is a erectile dysfunction medication and all I could, you know, you take the pill and it works. Sure, that's a quick fix. But sure. if it's deeper than that, which it almost always is, a doctor's not going to be your one-stop shop, you know? I I am a huge, huge proponent of somatic sexual uh, therapy. Mm. it's it's edgy because it's not there's no licensure and it's seen as too edgy like I could never perform it because you touch a body and you teach people pleasure and so that's seen as you know crossing boundaries in medicine 
but I, um, I like in my ideal practice and where I hope to go somewhere is actually working hand in hand with people who do somatic sex therapy, with people who do deep trauma work yeah. and healing through multiple modalities. I don't think yeah. that there's one modality that work for everybody. I know sure. that in Oregon, like psilocybin therapy is going to be legalized. So like that, that's an incredible modality, but that also like acupuncture and pelvic physical therapy and whatever it takes, like, you know, right. There's a whole rainbow of opportunity and, and spectrum right. of things that we can utilize so, for these healings. So the way that I, you know, when I practice medicine, I off, like one of the questions I've been asking my patients is like, how is, you know, how are you having any shortness of breath? Are you having chest pain? Are you having like stomach and, you know, constipation, diarrhea, whatever. And then mm -hmm. I'm like, and how is your heart and not your physical heart? <laughs> not your heart. How is, right. Right, how is your emotional heart? And then, you know, sometimes if I'm, when we're going deeper and I'm like, how is your pleasure? Yeah. And how are you enjoying your sexuality? So I ask those questions, like, are you enjoying your sexuality? I don't ask if they're having sex or I'm not asking yeah. if, yeah. you know, and that often opens up just so much in, in, in their stories where we yeah. could start addressing and, and working through some of the things that they probably never even talked to. I have patients who've never talked to anybody about these things. Of course. So it is the thing that we keep the tightest lid on about mm -hmm. ourselves about, you know, think about, think about whether, how many of us have had conversations with our parents, you know, and like some people would just say, well, that's a real boundary. You don't want to mm -hmm. have those conversations. But, you know, honestly, I, I've, I've talked to my mother about sex and I, I don't, I think that that's really great. I don't think that means that we have a boundary issue in a relationship. Now we might for other reasons, but not because we're talking about sex, you know, and I think that we keep a tight lid on that. And then it just feels like something that just creates additional shame and, then we get into situations where we're talking about STIs and all of that. And then the shame gets even bigger. And, you know, that's, that's part of the problem is that we aren't mm -hmm. talking about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of my patients are Christian and yeah. a lot of my patients have very strong religious beliefs. And mm -hmm. sometimes like, I may project like, oh my God, they're not going to want to talk about it. Or they may think that I'm trying to point them in a different direction. And the truth is, is that I think that regardless, it's not about who you're having sex with or your beliefs around it, but it's how well you integrate that into your body. Mm. And, um, and I, I was trying to understand, like, why is there this disconnect in certain belief systems that sex is bad, you know, mm -hmm. except if you're married or except if it's for procreation. And, right. and I learned that really, and I was brought up Catholic. I was brought up um, Latina Catholic, mm -hmm. which also had a lot of those belief systems. And it really is about the disconnection of our soul and our spirit from our body. Mm -hmm. The thought that like really our our soul and spirit belong in our thinking mind and our conscious mind. It doesn't belong right. in our body. Right. And that has led to this overall disconnect between the mind and body mm -hmm. where when people have most of our, you know, their medical issues, they just, it's all intellectualized. It's all in their head. Even if it's like heart right. disease and a heart attack, right? Right. Oh, it's a heart disease and a heart attack. So I got to make sure I eat, you know, I eat well because that's what my mind is telling me. And I take my medicines because that's what my mind is telling me. It's not like, it's not integrated into the body. 
So sexuality is that one place where the more you're in your head, the less you're in your body. Right. For sure. Yes. Like, you yes. know, like I, I think almost every human being who's ever been sexually active with another human being has had that time when they're like thinking about the laundry. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, right. Well, uh, could we please be done here? I gotta get. I gotta, I gotta get. Go do this thing next. Right. I gotta go do this next, and I gotta go do that, and oh, what? Because yeah, we're in our head. Yeah. But if for we're sure. gonna truly be in our sexuality, in that sacred space, in that pleasure space, we have to leave our head and be in our body, be in our breath, yeah. be in our movements. And when we could get to that level and we could connect with our bodies and our breath and our movements and then be in attunement with the other. Yeah. It's the most sacred and beautiful space and healing. It is. It really is. And, and it strikes me. I mean, you said at the outset of this, that, that a lot of this really started coming alive for you when you were in your mid forties And I obviously am having quite a similar experience over here Mm -hmm. for myself. And I just think what a shame, a couple of things. I think what a shame that it has to wait so long to really become something that comes alive within us again. Mm -hmm. And then I also see that within these communities, whether you're talking lifestyle, whether you're talking sacred sexuality, I see so many young people who are engaging now in this way. And when I say young people, I'm talking people in their 20s, people Mm -hmm. in their 30s that are talking about these things in a different way than certainly I did when I was in my 20s and 30s. And it gives me a lot of hope that maybe like the tide maybe could turn and that we could be as a society, at least in segments of the society, we have people who are more aware of these concepts of being more within our body and really feeling it and tuning in from more of a soul place with our sexuality. Um, so a couple of, yeah, like both of those thoughts occur to me as we're talking about this, because yes, it, it is something that seems to aliven within you, you know, kind of when you're going through different, you know, kind of transitionary phases of life, But I do love that I'm seeing a lot of young people engaging in these conversations and practices now, too. I feel the same way. It's funny because like when I meet younger people in their 20s and 30s who are doing this work, there initially was this real part of the sorrow in me that I missed out on it. Missed the boat. Right. Right. And I kind of feel like, wow, my life might have been like my marriage might have been so much healthier. It might have been so much better. It might have, might have, might have. But the truth is, is that wasn't my journey and it wasn't many of our journeys and the journey we had served us. Yes. And when I was in my, like, there's no way in my twenties personally, I would have been able to have the maturity, the wisdom and the insight to navigate it the way that I have been able to in my forties. Absolutely. And fifties. And I love honestly, and like, I love being I like put it this in quotes, a woman of a certain age, (laughs) which means a woman in her crone years, which means a woman who's, you know, in the menopause range, which means I'm almost 47, no, I'm almost 57. I'm almost 57. (laughs) I'll own it. And um, I'm more sexually alive than I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah. So absolutely. I think that having role models like this, role models like me that are like owning their sexuality and honestly, like I have beautiful, amazing sexual experiences with myself. 
Yes. And with others. Yeah. And it's consent-based, it's embodied, and I am grateful. It's never too late. That's what I'm saying. It's never too late. It's never too late. I love this conversation because it's been a really prevalent one for me this week. You know, I'm I'm very, I'm an open book in, in many ways, as I think my listeners know, and most people who encounter me in life, and I'm, I'm 45. And it's really occurred to me recently, I've, I've been going through lots of transitions, but what I'm recognizing is I think one of them is hormonal. And I think I am entering into that perimenopause pay, you know, that phase and, and, but years, right. It's not just like this, like short little blip. And so I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to work with this? Like, I'm here for it. I'm really grateful that like all of these transitions and all of these things that are awakening within me are doing it at this age. Mm -hmm. I I understand that there's purpose in that. I understand that that's my journey and I'm here for it. And I want to talk about it too, because I think we do keep it too much under wraps. And so for me, you know, experiencing wide vacillations in my libido Mm -hmm. is something that's interesting for me because the last few years, it's something that was always there for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and it hasn't, it's felt like it's forsaken me a little bit lately. (laughs) And, and what I'm learning right now for myself is that it, it is something that's going to have to be more intentional, really Mm -hmm. connecting in with myself in an intentional way because we, it's not always, it's not always going to be spontaneous. It, and and for me, it never really has been spontaneous. You know, I, I loved the book, um, Come As You Are by Emily oh, Nagowski. Yes. Yes. Such a wonderful book. And it just gave so much frame of reference for me for why things are the way that they are for me and many other women and understanding discrepant desire and spontaneous desire and set and setting and all of that is, is very powerful but then also like just understanding and talking about these times in life when we go through these different fluctuations, there's not something wrong with me. There's not something that I need to fix, but there is something that I need to pay attention to in a different way. Definitely. Right. And and it's not going to be something that's just, you know, out there for me all the time right now. So, okay, how do I work with that? If that's, right. if pleasure is important to me, how am I going to prioritize it? And how am I going to make sure I'm connecting with it by myself or with another, whether it right. be my husband or another partner or whatever. Um, and so that's, that's a very alive conversation yes. for me right yes. now. And so the framework that I use to kind of help people navigate this, yeah. as well as help navigate conversations with each other, is the STARS framework that I, yes. that, I, um, that I wrote. And that framework is how I integrate my, it into my practice and into my patients. Beautiful. Remember, I said, like, I got this 19 safer sex talk. Like, yeah, so <laughs> you I distilled, distilled it. it. I distilled it into five different elements. And they're the five elements that I think are most important for, for us to understand about ourselves and then communicate with another person. And those five things are our sexual health, our turn-ons, our avoids, our relationship expectations and intentions, and our, safe, our safety needs. Mm-hmm. So that's STARS. That's the S-T-A-R-S. Um, and so... Yes. So that is where, like, at first it was like, oh, this is what you should communicate with other people. But really, it's the things that one should become more self-aware for turn-ons, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, When I first started this, 
delving into my sexuality, like I did not know what turned me on. Like maybe I had some turn-ons in my brain of fantasies, but I realized almost all my turn-ons were based on my husband's turn-ons mm. and his fantasies. And that I, like I got turned on by seeing him turned on. Mm-hmm. And like, what did I like? You know, it got to the point that the only place that I liked being touched was just below my clavicles to my sternum, like this little triangle was the only place I could tolerate being touched. And at that point, I knew something was wrong. I'm like, okay, we have a problem here. Um, so yeah, turn ons was a really difficult thing for me personally to figure out. Like, what yeah. is it that I really like? How do I like to be touched? How, what setting do I need to feel desire? What is it that I, you know, and then how do I communicate that to another person? How do I tell them what I want and desire and, and turns me on? Mm-hmm. So like each of these little points, like when, when I have a patient who may come in and says, Oh, I have a low sex drive. And I'm like, what does that mean? What does the low sex drive mean? And like, and they're like, well, you know, my husband wants to have sex more than I do. And he's complaining. I'm like, okay, what do you, what turns you on? What do you desire? Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. I want him to be happy. I'm like, no, no, no. Take a breath. What do you want? And that's a really big, scary question to answer. Yeah. And so oftentimes I like, got send my patients home. I'm like, okay, you, I'd like you to really every day think about one thing that you, that you desire with yourself. And try to explore that, like soft touch, scratch, you know, whatever it is. Um, And then write them down. So STARS actually is a way, a framework for people to kind of start exploring those different elements. What Mm -hmm. does sexual health mean? You know, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to be, because sexual health is whole person health. And of course, the part of the conversation that you would have with another person would be like, hey, when was the last time you were checked for STIs? What are you checked for? How do you how do you feel? What do you do to minimize transmission, et cetera, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Um, The avoids is a lot about your boundaries and maybe history of trauma, the things you don't want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, I find that a lot of people are assuming that part of sex is a is a person with a penis putting his hands around the, his partner's neck and p- applying pressure. Like choking yeah, has become choking a is, thing. It has and, become a big thing. And it's almost like they, I'm finding that people don't talk about it. I had a 15-year-old patient who had a fainting episode with a seizure during sex because of choking. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Right. 15. And it, 15. And it wasn't like, I don't think the partner was ever trained in how to do it. And she was ever trained in how to receive Surely it. Not. And Surely no one had to say yes or no, because we're not taught that we could say, no, that's not what we want. I had another girlfriend of mine saying, you know, I like everything, but I really don't want to be asphyxiated. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? That <laughs> needs to be yes. said. Like, duh, who wants to be asphyxiated? I mean, it's just becoming this thing. So that I'm using that as a, an example of avoids right now because sure. not everybody wants that. So, But we don't know how to tell people ahead of time. Like, right. you know, I'm interested. Maybe I'd be interested in that in the future if we know how to do it right or, you know, mm-hmm. we could explore it. Anyway, so that's what the avoids are. 
the relationship intention and expectations are really like, what do we want in relationship? And I don't just mean a romantic relationship. Oftentimes when I use the word relationship, people think that only means like, oh, I'm only going to have this conversation with people I have romance with. But no, it's like right. anything, anything at all. Right. And like, if I, it's a hookup, what I want from you, I would like to, you to check in with me the next morning or I don't want anything. Like, let's fuck right. and go home. Here's a glass <laughs> of water and go home and let's call it good or right. you know, whatever it is. And then, um, yeah, and expectations is kind of like our aftercare. What do we yes. want as aftercare? Because we don't talk about that in mainstream. Like we all need aftercare and aftercare is good. Right, right. Um, and then safety is really about what you need to feel safe, not just like safer sex protocols, but like emotional safety, physical safety, safety around chemical enhancements and intoxicants, spiritual safety, sacred safety. I mean, like let's broaden our understanding. We're never going to make things safe but we can make them safer and we can make them safer by understanding what we need and then letting the other person know beforehand. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work around trying to bring this concept of the stars talk, yes. this, this relationship talk that nobody is having that everybody should into everybody, you know, for everybody. Not yeah, just making people. it accessible and te teaching people how to have it without, I mean, it, for some reason, mm -hmm. talking about sex, talking about pleasure is so much more difficult than just having it. Right, right. <laughs> but if we can learn to talk about it and have these conversations, I can't think of many circumstances where the sex doesn't get hotter and better, you know, because we are talking about it rather than just like sweeping it under the rug. So what do you find in terms of whether you're teaching younger women or older women or men of any age around this, like how do you find it to be something that like we can encourage people to, to do in a way that doesn't feel scary? Okay. It's going to feel scary. Let's it's going to feel scary no matter it's what. Gonna feel okay. scary. It's going to feel scary. It's going to feel awkward. Anything okay. that you do that you've never done before is going to feel scary and awkward. Okay. Right. The first time you get That's on fair. an airplane is going to feel scary. Like yeah, the first time you do anything. So, <laughs> you know, when people say, oh, it's so awkward to talk about sex. I'm like, is it awkward to get naked in front of somebody the first time? They're like, yes. I'm like, okay. So, you know, you're we, still going to do that though. Right. So <laughs> we do awkward, scary things. Right. So it is different. And I think that's the hard part is that it's different, but yeah. we're never going to make the world better for ourselves and our children unless mm -hmm. we're willing to take risks mm -hmm. to do something different. Yeah, absolutely. Amen on that one. And I just want to say kudos to you for doing something different, for like having these kind of awakenings within yourself and allowing yourself to kind of follow those paths as you were exploring them both professionally and personally and all of that. Um, and the fact that you are now bringing it to your patients and, you know, having these conversations in that way, I think, I think it is very life-changing for people. And I think they're very lucky to have you as, as their medical professional, as, you know, a guide as they're going through this. And I'm bringing it to people outside of just my practice sure. because that's really, it's, it's interesting because when I tell the concept, there's almost nobody I've ever told the concept to that does, who thinks it's a bad idea. It's no, not it's a bad amazing. idea. It's a good <laughs> idea. The, the, it's taking it from being an idea to making it a 
mainstream. Like a mainstream. And it's only going to be mainstream as people start leaning into it. Yeah. So the first way of leaning into it is really understanding your own stars. Yeah. And that's scary enough. That's yeah. scary enough. Like taking those concepts. Sure. And I, I give people homework, like on my, on my stars website, which is called make time for the talk.com. You can find, find like a worksheet and that worksheet is for people to create their own stars document for themselves. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like to be able to figure out what is it that turns me on, like write it for you. And then the first way that I, t- I say is an easy way of sharing it with people is to send them that document. Mm-hmm. Like send people the document. This is my stars rather than say it word to word, face to face. Because once you get used to sharing that information with others, it becomes easier to say it. Yeah. And, and I mean, I have, you know, I have a collection of people's stars documents that have sent to me just to send to me or to share with me. And I have mine that I share and I've never, ever shared a stars with anybody that was not like, this is cool. Let's talk about this. Like everybody really enjoyed the conversation. Oh, wow. So cool. I love it. And teaching people to do that for themselves first, I think that's where pleasure really does begin. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we can explore pleasure in our relationships and we should. Mm -hmm. But I do think that that is probably the biggest missing link is understanding your own. Right. Because we're never taught that that's something that we should have. You know, our sexuality is, has been to for this purpose with this person, you know, like that's when it comes out and it's like, oh, there's so much there for yourself. If you can create some pleasure practices for yourself and within your own experience, it's just so beautiful. So thank you for all this amazing work that you're doing. I'm so grateful to to have gotten introduced to you. You know, we we were introduced through Courtney Brame, who was a guest on the show um, some months back. And I, after he and I were talking, um, and he had brought up stars, and he was like, "You really need to talk to Evelyn. She's like really amazing." And so I'm really grateful for that connection, and then all the different synergies that we recognized when we when mm-hmm. we had our conversation. So I'm just so grateful for the opportunity, for the time this morning, and I appreciate you spending some some time this Saturday morning with me, Evelyn. Yeah, thank you for having a conversation and helping spread the word about this. Absolutely. Thanks for spending some time in the Yoniverse with us. We adore our listeners, and we'd love to connect more deeply with you. Our website, theflamingyoni.com, is coming very soon, and you can find our socials in the show notes. Before you leave the Yoniverse, be sure to give us a five-star rating, and don't forget the review. Your feedback means the world to us. We can't wait to light your world on fire next week. And in the meantime, stay sacred. And stay salacious.